0: I'm sure it didn't quite sound that way, but... Matthew 13, as well as Matthew 25. Now, uh, we'll read the text in just a moment. On Sunday morning, I got interrupted uh, at about 4 o'clock in the morning with the Lord putting His finger in my chest, spiritually speaking, rebuking me uh, as I had a series of... Phrases come across my mind as the Lord woke me up in His presence. The phrases were phrases that I said earlier that week, and then a series of recollections of different things that people had said. The phrase that I said during that prior week that the Lord brought to recollection was this. I'm 46 and I'm finally getting my own house. And that's true. I'm 46 and... I'm getting my own house. I have removed the finally part after being rebuked. Because I had an opinion about where I should be when I'm at this particular age, and really frankly, I thought if I'd, you know, really been blessed of God and I'm stretching a little bit to emphasize the point, that I would have been in the house a lot earlier. The Lord began to deal with me about what success is and And about greatness. Because we all have a desire to be great. We all have a desire to be successful. But many of us are deluded about what success is. So if you want to get the message, just go to the web stream and they'll tell you. They'll help you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Matthew 13. And I I did that just to... To get you to go get it because you really need to hear it. It'll set you free. It's a message I first heard from Mike Bickle, and I put my own little tweaks on it, and it is a powerful, powerful, powerful message. It'll change your life. All right. Matthew 13, uh, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Somebody say, yeah. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. Everybody say abundance. Abundance. But whoever does not have. Even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. I read verse 13. Let's move to Matthew 25. Verse 28 tonight. The parable of the talents, which was what I used for my text on Sunday morning. Matthew 25, verse 28, Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Let's pray. Father, thank You for all that You're doing in our lives and all that You're doing in our church and all that You're doing in the vision of KC even worldwide. I pray tonight that You would speak to us with great clarity, giving us living understanding and revelation that You would illuminate our hearts. Though we might take notes with pen and paper, You by Your finger would write on the fleshly tablets of our heart. We would never be the same. Touch those on the web stream, those that are listening by podcast, even at a future date. Do what you love to do. Touch your people. Set us free. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Everybody say abundance. Alright, now say, I want abundance. Alright, say it this way. I want more. Alright, say it with passion. I want more. Seems like you should say please on the end of that. What do you want more of? How many of you would like more pain? Okay, if you did, we'd probably have to have an altar call and get you set free or something. A little counseling for you if you're looking for more pain. How many more wouldn't have? How many of you wouldn't want to have more of God's presence? I mean, that, that would be a good thing. I want more of more ab- abundance of His presence. How many of you want more money? Oh, you're afraid to put your hand up. What's wrong with you? Come on. God, you can trust me with it. Hook me up. Amen. When does I want more? When does that become greed? When does it become greed? It's a rhetorical question. Someone I heard say when it's out of balance, that would be a good way to say it. When does it become greed? Greed is defined as a selfish and excessive desire for more of something as money, for more of something that's needed. Can you make a distinction distinction between more and greed? Greed is a huge, huge problem. It's a huge problem in Christendom. It's a huge problem in America. Greed. Jesus in Luke 12 says, Verse 13, Jesus addresses this issue of greed. Verse 13 of Luke 12, then one from the crowd said, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Verse 14, but Jesus says to him, Man, who has made me a judge and arbitrator over you? I've read that so many times, and I thought, Dude, you are the judge. Why didn't you straighten out those two knuckleheads? Why didn't you help them out? You ever wonder about that? Is it what Jesus said? How come you didn't do something about that? And I, I realize that God's not always involved in some of the things that I do. What I'm saying is you can have a good idea, but it could not be a God idea. And yeah, He works all things together for the good, for those that love Him are called according to His purpose for sure. But it seemed to hear that Jesus wasn't involved in whatever was going on between them. And then He says to them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist of the abundance, there's that word again, of things he possesses. It really comes to mind, there's times when I'm, I'm doing things and I get involved in things that he never intended for me to get involved in. Jesus was I mean, he made it he used it as a statement, but he didn't get involved in it and sort it out. He was he was warning them of covetousness. You know, I'm thankful that he's the author and the finisher, the perfecter of my faith, but at that same thought, he only finishes what he authors. So if he didn't author it, is he obligated to finish it? And the answer is no. I don't really like that too much because sometimes i think i might have gotten involved in something that he didn't actually want me to do it's a good idea maybe i try very hard not to ever do that now i'm beginning to mature in the lord a little bit i don't ever want to do that very painful not everything is a god thing all opportunity is not from god some of you need to hear that all so the the big rays comes through it might not be the Lord. You really have to pray about the different opportunities that He gives you and when you're going to do it, what you're going to do. You know, I've had, I have had opportunities in my life that have had I taken them, would have pulled me absolutely out of the will and the purpose of God. And it looked like, you want to hear about one of them? It's good. I'm, I might not even get to my notes. I've been messing up my notes lately, so maybe we'll be consistent. I was, I was uh, on staff here years and years ago and living in the islands. I was invited to go speak in Grass Valley, California. Some of you know where that is between Sacramento and Truckee. There was an Assembly of God church there. The unique thing about that was two, my two daughters that lived in that very same town. Now, for those of you that don't know my testimony, I was a bad man, very much in need of deliverance and salvation. And I lost a whole family prior to being saved. So my two daughters that I still don't get to see live there. Now this is, we're talking 12 years ago. And so I was going to be able to uh, go there, minister in this church. And I had this vision, this dream is what it was in my heart. And I think every every father, every parent that would want to be reunited with their kids would have the same dream. It's only natural, I'm there. Well, maybe they're going to come to church and get saved. Something's going to happen. Well, I go to the service, I'm I'm invited, I mean, it's just a unique setup how I get invited. I didn't call and say, I'm going to be in town, none of that. It was Pastor Brian's father-in-law was the pastor who called me, and I met him in Maui. He said, come to my church. It was a unique setup. And so I go to the church, and we have revival. I mean, rip rip the chandelier down, revival. I didn't preach good at all, from what I can remember. I went long. I don't know what happened. It was just like, I, despite me, the Lord showed up and wrecked the place. And what I mean by wrecked the place is they had all of these chandeliers. I think they had uh, seven of them, big, big, mega chandeliers. I mean, the, the sanctuary was six times the size of this with a, with a 40-foot ceiling and mega chandeliers. All the chandeliers were moving independently in, a cir- in circular motions, all of them not in the same pattern. While people were weeping and crying, and I stood there just going, yes. Yes. I mean, it was just a dream. It's awesome. People getting healed and delivered. And, and like I said, I didn't have too much to do with it. I just showed up and then God said, I got it, and came, through, came in. Some of you know what that's like. It's, it's wonderful. It could happen at any moment. We pray that He comes and lays hands on us and we end, all end up underneath the pew, messed up forever. At the end of that time, the pastor said, "I, I you know, actually, the guy was gray hair, died in the wool assembly, a God guy, and he, we were in his office. He lifted his hands. Bless his heart, he's a great man. Lifted his hands and did something like this. Oh, oh, it's revival! It's revival!" I went, "Hallelujah!" <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like it. He was just stammering and praying in tongues and. Tears and crying. His wife was messed up. It was just awesome. They shortly thereafter he said, "I'm not going to be in ministry very long. Won't you come and take the church room? You'll be near your daughters. We'll give you a really good salary. You will move you. You can come take this church. Now, at that point, I I wasn't. I don't even think I was a pastor on staff." at our church at that point. I was, I was over a bunch of life groups and working with young adults. And when that invitation came, I just thought to myself, Holy God has made a way for me to bring restoration to my daughters and put me in ministry in the same place. I even get to make more money and I get, come on, I'm, I'll get blessed. I get to take over this big church. And not only that, we're going to have revival, which is a dream of mine. There was only one problem. That still small voice that said, It's not me. And so for weeks and months, I would wake up in the night, oh, dreaming of the chandeliers and the people and the multitudes coming in and my daughters getting saved and this tremendous restoration and the power of God. And it got so strong. And now I, I remember sharing with Dr. Morocco. Now, let me just, I said this to somebody in the service before. If you have secrets, we have, a, we have a rule in our family. We don't have any secrets. There are none. There are no secrets. Now, obviously, mom and dad know some things that the kids don't know. But the, the concept is we don't have anything in secrecy. Nothing. Zero. You don't hide behind doors. You don't live some sec, secular, you know, separate life away from the rest of the family. You know We do this thing together. And in ministry and in life, you need to have no secrets. If you have secrets from your spouse, you're not going to have a real healthy marriage. You have to live open and transparent. Somebody's got to have your shut-up card. You know what I'm talking about? That means when you have a great idea and you know it's God, you have accountability with somebody that says, What? That ain't God. Shut up. And you go, Oh, okay. Well, I thought it was God. They'll go, well, It's not God. Oh, okay. 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 In other words, they know you well enough to say, What? You don't want to be surrounded by yes-men and women. You want to have people that speak truth to you, right? So I remember when this invitation came, I might not ever get to the notes. Praise the Lord. So somebody needs to hear this. When the invitation came, I was enamored. Man, I'm just thinking, oh. you know, I was told that that was also the, the, the uh, Anton LaVey who wrote the Satanic Bible? How many of you know some of that history? It will be excellent. Excellent. What is good? Innocent of evil. If you don't know it, you don't need to know it. But I happen to know a little bit about it. Well, he actually, he—that was where his headquarters was, right in that county, Nevada County, California. And I thought God's bringing me there, and we're just going to wreck the county, take over the whole state. Praise the Lord. Sweep across America. I think like that. Does anybody else think like that? I think like that. So I just. You know, thought about it. I, I got back from my trip. I got, got into Dr. Morocco's office. I said, hey, pastor. He said, yeah. I said, I got an invitation. He said, you did? Well, that's great. I said, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. He said, well, what, what is it? I said, you know, I went there. I preached. I told him about it. He's laughing. He's crying with me. He's awesome. These people get saved. I tell them the revival stories, and we're just overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord. And I said, and then afterwards, you know, they brought me in, and, and the pastor said, you know, I, if I'd come on staff, he'd pay me such and such, which was a lot more than I was making, and and I could be his assistant, and then he would fade off, and I could take the church. He said, well, you know something? It's great to be wanted like that. I said, I know. Isn't that awesome? He says, yeah, it's awesome. It's not God, but it's awesome. I said, what? He said, yeah, no, that's not God. But the Lord, the Lord's good. He, he opens doors. Praise God. He's going to use you, Daniel. Let me pray for you. And he laid hands on me and, he, and Hansel, he prayed for me. And I walked out of the office like, what does he know? And then I rebuked that. I go, no, 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 he, know, he knows me. He knows me. I trust him. He's, you know. No, 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 no. No, you need to go to Grass Valley. No. And then I woke up for weeks on end with these visions of grandeur about how God wanted to do something and use me. It would not break. And soon it began to consume me. Finally, when it got to the point where I'm not sleeping real good, I'm not praying real good, and it starts taking over my thought life, but all the while, hearing from the Lord... It's not me. But this other thing is shouting at me. Do it! Don't do it. I just thought, oh. anybody ever felt psychotic like that? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, yes, it's God. No, it's really not. But yes, it really feels like if I wanted to be God, but it really isn't. But I'm really going to go, God! I'm going to tell you, I've almost destroyed my life through those moments. Somebody's life's going to get saved tonight through this. You can apply this and understand. So finally, it got to the point where like, I think this is demonic. I mean, I woke up. I not sleeping, I'm not sleeping. I'm not doing real well. I'm sort of losing the unction. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering about the will of God. I'm, I'm confused and the whole thing. I finally said, I think this is demonic. Karen's like, it is demonic. Dude, you need to tell. You need to do something. Go talk to the pastor again. I went and talked to him again. I said, Pastor, and now it's like four weeks later. I said, Pastor Manette, you know that offer I got? He says, yeah. I said, well... I mean, I even made a counseling appointment, which I'm like the 30-second counsel guy. I'd go to morning prayer, talk to him 30 seconds, get the wisdom, go do it, get the breakthrough. It's easy. This time I made an appointment. I made an appointment and I go in. and I tell him, you know that, yeah, and he says, yeah, the Grass Valley thing, yeah, the power of God, yeah, the chandeliers and all that, you know, and, and the invitation with the more money. Remember? Yeah. I said, well, you know, it's not going away. And I think that, you know, maybe he stands up. With his baseball mitt hands. If you haven't met Dr. Morocco, he'll be here eventually. And he stands up and says, This is witchcraft. When he said it was witchcraft, the fire of the Holy Ghost came on me. And he says, opa, opa, popped his hands, grabbed me by my head, which felt like a pee. He prayed, and the power of the Spirit of God hit me, and I hit the floor. And it was like you could hear anybody ever hear a two by four break? I'm not a pencil, I mean two by four. You ever break a two by four? That makes a cracking sound like it sounded like that. And I woke up realizing, oh my gosh, I was under a demonic attack and I didn't even know it. I walked out of that place, stepped forward into what God had for me. And the rest is really history. I've been living a dream since then. Not everything's from God. The money sort of got me. The greed or maybe the fame. kind of. There were things that were pulling me. There'll be a time when my relationship with my daughters are restored, but it it wasn't time for me to go there. Jesus is the author and the finisher of the good work that He's begun, but if He didn't author it, then He's not obligated to finish it. And I think there's times, even in this parable, where we do things and we want God to come and mediate and take care of it. And He says, what about do I know anything even about that? He goes on to say in that parable, and this is Luke 12 and verse 16, and he said to them, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully, and he thought within himself, what shall I do, since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there, will be, there I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul! You have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you've provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The Lord has for us here at KC an abundance harvest. He has for you, if you're His son, you're His daughter, He has abundance. He wants you to step up, walk away from the tears, and walk into the valley of fire, the valley of provision and abundance. But it doesn't just happen. And you have to be very careful that you don't cross over into a place of greed and step outside the will of God. There is a thing called godly dissatisfaction, is what I call it, The Apostle Paul saw greed as an aspect of our fallen human nature. Back on the notes, Colossians 3.5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. The Apostle Peter talks about false teachers whose real motivation is greed. Matthew 23 and 25, Jesus talks about greed there. If you look at D, the Apostle Paul talks about how the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, 1 Timothy 6. So how how do we increase, how do we enter into abundance without becoming greedy and derailing our spirituality? How is it that we're going to enter into the more that God has, but we're not going to cross over and get all jacked through greed? There are those who are greedy for the power of God and and have gone astray. There are those who hunger for manifestations but have but, but don't really have intimacy with Jesus. I warn you if you're seeking an encounter with an angel, don't don't do that. I've heard some I keep hearing these waves of reports. I want to dance with angels. Well, that'd be cool. I mean, I, you know, I'd just be like... Oh. I mean, I'd like to dance with angels too. I mean, that'd, that'd be great. But I'm not praying for that to happen because you have to be very careful for seeking an encounter from, with an angel or some supernatural being. Why? Look, seek to encounter the King of Kings. Seek to encounter the Lord of Lords. Seek to, to, to be like him. Go deep in God. Now you might end up. It was like Boy George. Anybody remember him? Woo! Yeah, come on! Where's my wife? Praise God. Karen, help me! Don't you look to have some encounter with some angel. Seek to encounter the King of Kings and you very might well encounter angels who are ministers of heirs of salvation of flames of fire and come. And there might be some stuff that will happen and it would be glorious, but you just make sure you're not worshiping them. And if there really are angels from the throne, they won't let you worship them anyway. You bow down and start worshiping, they will stop you. There's nothing wrong with having encounters, but the encounter is so that you become more like God so that you release the kingdom of God on the earth. The encounter is not so that you can talk about it in your small group and be like, like, guess what? what? Well, you know how I do that Boy George thing? Well, the other night, I was at my house, and like an angel came, and I was just all, you know? <laughs> the encounter is not so you can tell somebody about it in your small group and just be like, yes, what's up? Oh, I had an encounter with an angel. No, 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 no that's stupid. That's pride, a spiritual pride. The encounter is that he can become more like God and bring people into an encounter with him. The revelation that you had is, works out on the soil, the context of relationship, to release the power of the, of the kingdom of God, the love of God, that people get saved, healed, and delivered. And to deal with that ugly thing that you got in your heart. So how do we desire to have abundance in our lives without becoming greedy and getting derailed spiritually? Let's look at the text. Both chapters that we read, God says the same thing, but in two different contexts. So Jesus says the exact same thing, two different contexts. And so now whenever that happens, now the, the Lord uses repetition in the Psalms. It's a way of, it's a way of in Hebrew, thought of emphasizing something. Now anytime you see God say, Jesus say, same thing, God, Jesus, same same thing. You see Him say things in repetition within a few chapters or it doesn't matter if he repeats things he's repeating it he's trying to emphasize something and so he's emphasizing this it's it's important he's saying that it's a foundational principle for life what he taught here the context of matthew 13 is an answer to a question why do you speak to people in parables have you ever wondered why he speaks to people in parables you've heard me quote it If you've been around here any length of time He speaks in in parables to hide truth from casual observers. God is not obligated to speak to you or give you revelation just because you showed up to church. Some people come to church to meet somebody. Some people come to church for alternate reasons. They don't come to church necessarily to seek God. Now, I know that's probably not the case tonight. might be the case upstairs in our youth group. Then again, it might not. The point is, God reveals things to the hungry and the thirsty. If you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. He spoke in parables to hide truth from people who were just casual observers. I, I, I don't like that so much because sometimes I am a casual observer. I know you're not. You all are like astute spiritual giants. Sometimes I'm like just cruising. I want God to talk to me while I eat another grape. i found in my life that the revelation and, 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 and intimacy with God is released. When I really go after it. when I get down in the city of my soul, a divine dissatisfaction, as I said earlier. I begin to fast and pray. Put to death the deeds of my flesh. And, and, and press in. Meditate on His Word. Increase my prayer life. And He begins to come in power. He begins to increase. He begins to come and to speak to me, to give me the keys of wisdom to unlock the dark places, the places that are locked, I should say. It doesn't happen just because, because I showed up at church maybe. You know, I'm not knocking showing up at church. You ought to show up at church. Every time the doors are open, you ought to come if you're able to. I mean, what else are you going to do? It's the greatest party in town. What are you going to do? Are you going to go eat another meal? You can eat later. It's only an hour and a half. Give me a break. So the context of Matthew 13 is the question, why do you speak to people in parables? Jesus hides truth from casual observers. And Jesus reveals truth to those who want more of Him. I want an abundance of God. I want more of God. Does anybody up in this house want more of God? You want more of God? Matthew 25 is a parable of the talents. man who didn't use his one talent the man who didn't use his one talent loses it. And the talent is given to those who has five talent. Talent's about a thousand dollars, you can think of it that way. And this phrase, he who has more will be given. Luke nineteen, Jesus talks about the minus, same kind of same concept. Jesus says, I tell you, whoever has more, more will be given. You know, the one who went and and hid the talent, you know, he was just, it was all about him. I want uh, three volunteers as soon as you can quickly come. Come right here, men. Ready to go. Okay, stand here. One, two, three. Great. Thanks, guys. All right. So I'm going to give you, now don't be offended. All right, All right. so I'm going to give you one talent. Here you go. All right, I'm going to give this guy five talents. All right, I'm going to give this guy ten. All right, all right. So we the, this is the parable. And so he says, I'm going I'm to come back. I want you to work this for Pastor Karen. You work this one time. You're going to work this five. You're going to work this ten. You, want you work it for five talents. So when I come back, I'm going to give it to her. So I want you to work that thing. All right, and so you do your best with that. You do your very best. Alright, we'll see you later. Okay. All right, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, praise God. Hi. And, and it comes to the first guy and he says, Well, how'd you do? And, and the guy says, Oh, I was afraid. I know you would never say that, but I I, I was afraid, and so I so I hit it. You hit it. Forget it. I'll talk to you later. How'd you do? Oh, I, oh, hey, you multiply. Hey, you know what? Thanks for blessing my wife. That's awesome. God bless you. How'd you do? Oh, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, hey, wait, good job. You must be an investor. Huh? And he says to this guy, remember, you're not offended. He says to this guy, what were you thinking? He says, I know you're a hard man. It was all about him. The picture is that that we have talents. We have church. Thanks, guys. Put your hands together for these guys also. We've we've talents. We have treasures. You want more. You're gonna to have to do something with what you got. All right. Let's 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 look into what God's saying to us here, very quickly as I as I close this message. Here in just a moment. What is God saying to us? The difference between greed and God's abundance is focus. Somebody said balance, but I would say more and more. It's focus. It's focus. What are you focused on? Are you focusing on God's kingdom? Or are you focused on getting more for you? I will tell you, every time I've tried to get more for me, I end up derailing my walk with the Lord. And every time I go after God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul and my strength, and I love Him and I seek first His kingdom, I find God blessed my socks off and the very thing I was going to go after ends up in my house anyway. Oh, it might not happen when I wanted it to, but it happens right when He does and I don't have to worry about it. And I don't pierce myself through with all kinds of greed. Focus. Everybody say focus. You and your personal gains and your wants. It's not about you and your personal gain. And if you make it about you and your personal gain, you end up in idolatry. It is about the kingdom of God. What's it about? The kingdom of God. Listen to all you dream teamers. Listen to me. I've been at the dream team another time, many years ago. Long time ago. If you could just hear what I say to you right now, it's like... Why am I in this discipleship program? You know, it's just going to take so long. Why did I get so bent out of shape because I was going to go to a program for a year? can't go for a year. That's too long, man. i got stuff to do. And when I was able to settle in, and I didn't settle too good because I got kicked out after six months. May that encourage some of you. They drop-kicked me six months. You have to leave. I got kicked out of my, my program. Somehow I was able to understand, and and I'm still growing in it, but I was able to understand, man, everything that I want, the Lord will, will release to me if I let it go and love Him with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And if I do that, then He restores my family, heals my body, releases His power, gives me peace, gives me abundance. He releases abundance to me if I just use my talents. But I don't even think I had any talents when I came to the game. I burned them all out. I am all partially brain damaged. And if you just come and make your focus God and you be faithful and loyal, He'll give you brains. I see some wives elbowing their husbands. Set your face to seek His. I've had an experience, and I, I, I don't want to go long. Jesus, help me. Micah, come. That'll help me. Hurry up. I've had this experience over the past few days of just, just getting so messed up. What God's done for me. I, I can't handle it. I have to pinch myself sometimes. I just go, man, ah. Uh. I know mean, there's not that much fat there anymore, but no, I'm kidding. There's quite a bit, believe me. I had to pinch myself. I'm like, yes, this this is really real. My wife, she loves me. No, I'm a real jerk sometimes. You don't understand. You just get to see me preaching. I mean, she really loves me. Oh no, that's awesome. Thanks. Come here. Come here. You have to come. I'm the pastor. Come on. I'll sing to you if you don't. It's... Roses are red and violets are blue. Oh, how I love you. <laughs> well, I could take the rest of the time tonight to tell you what God has done for us. I'm I, I, I just like, like signposts along the highway... I'm reminded of how He's delivered us over and over and over and over and over again. And when we didn't have any money, we tithed anyway because it was the right thing He came through. And when we were sick and we didn't know what we were going to do, God came through. When we lost our baby, He gave us the strength to continue to keep keeping on and then and then used it later on to minister to people who had lost babies. When we were downcast and and downtrodden and didn't know which way to go. I'm talking about in ministry. Never mind before. I crawled out of a dumpster, man. Hello? Yeah. No, for real. You guys, some of you all think I'm getting No, you have to stay up here. You look really good. Okay, you can help. Praise God. When McDonald's used to close years ago, when, you, when they close, you find out when they close and you show up at the back of the McDonald's right around closing time. They're about half an hour and they bring out all the old nasty burgers that they couldn't sell and you get to eat. I've been there. And I think about what God has done for me. It is absolutely astounding. It's astounding. And think about what he did for you. She was really messed up. You think I was messed up? She was really messed up. She was following two gurus sold to everything. I mean, you know, like gurus. You know, with the dot and the whole thing. The dot. Everybody say the dot? Yeah. Followed two gurus, sold everything, came to Hawaii, found me. More accurately, she found the Lord. And then God straightened both of us out. I'm just telling. You. Abundance God has for you, but you have to change your focus. Quit trying to fix your own problems. Quit trying to get your own thing done. And seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Somebody say amen. Roses are red and violets are blue. I love Jesus, how about you? Next one is God's abundance as a gift. Everybody say it's a gift. Alright, so that helps you. It's nothing you can get other than by seeking Him. Let's hurry because this is good. I want to just get finish it. Having more from God comes by hearing. Luke 8:18. 8, Therefore consider carefully how you listen. Whoever has more will be given more. And whoever does not have what they think they will be is taken from them. You know, you'll be blessed tonight because you came tonight. You seek Him. And don't just listen to what I'm telling you. I know sometimes you hear a message and you're coming away with abundance. That's abundance. And that's what you're going to remember. Abundance. You can see little hot dogs dancing around. You think, what did he preach? Abundance. Abundance. You might not remember anything else I say, but that's why we gave you notes. We give you notes so you can fill them in and go preach them to somebody else. And there used to be a time when in Christianity and in, and back in the, old, in the old school days, they would preach a message and then they would basically encourage everybody strongly, come to the front and pray it through. And you would come and you would pray and go over the points and look at your notes and say, God, I want the abundance of God. But I don't want greedy, Lord. I want you. Help me to seek you. And they'd put it to prayer for like an hour after. And they don't do that now. One, one one hour services and send somebody home like they've been dry cleaned. Having more come from God comes by hearing and it comes by doing. Everybody say doing. Utilizing the gifts that are given you. Matthew 25 talks about that. Again, the dude who buried the talent was all about Him. Don't get offended, right? Okay. it's all about Him. As a church, I was astounded to see us full in July. We were full. We didn't have enough chairs out. We weren't ready. It was interesting though. Where's Tammy? Is she here tonight? It was interesting that I went to go print my notes that were, were hardly worth using. We we had probably just enough notes. Didn't we? I printed 260 notes. well, uh, You don't do that in July. It was like a printing error. I thought, oh man, we've wasted paper. Oh, praise God. We just thought, well, praise the Lord, maybe people will come. Yeah, they're gone. The notes are gone. I'm telling you as a church, if we're to grow, we must do a better job of what God told us to do. Now, what has He told us to do? He told us to be a personal, powerful, permeating church. He told us to love each other. He told us to pray. He told us to seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Some of you are involved in small groups I need more small group leaders We're going to start up in September, October We have a whole new thing Look, you can do it Some of you are totally qualified God, I can't, no you can Come on, if God can take a hamburger eating crackhead off the street And raise him up to preach the gospel He can use you for the love of God Give me a break Give me a break Should I go over here and preach it? I'm telling you got to gather people and release them in their dreams and we got to do a better job seeing myself differently than I ever have before and I got to close, Jesus help me I'm closing, here I come I'm seeing myself my wife and I are seeing ourselves as dream releasers more than anything else now because art just happened really I know there's more Oh, babe. Amazing. He's so good. So I already got mine. You want yours? I'll help you. Want to see your dream get released? That's what we're all about here. We're all about seeing your God's plan for you. The dream you have, the ministry you have, the desire you have. We are anointed to push you out of the nest. That's where we're going to do. Swoop down like an eagle and make sure you don't hit the ground. Some of you are soaring for the ground and you won't let us help you. And you gotta start over. Alright. Look at deep. God wants to give us more. For He's the God of abundance. But He's waiting on you. Will you use the talents that you have? Or will you wait and come up with a whole other set of excuses for the rest of the year? The same ones you used last year. Busyness of life, maybe. cares of this world try to choke you out. Some of you can sing and you should be on the worship team, but you just... i don't know. Come on, it, it's time. And I know many of you are working diligently and you're faithful and you're... Oil and I bless you, and we so appreciate you. We really do. But we can do a better job. I just wish the whole church was here. But you go and share the message, won't you? Everybody say abundance. Stand up on your feet. Come on, lift your hands. Call on His name tonight. Call on His name. Roses are red, violets are blue. Prophesy over uh, Hope's friend, Hope Haggerty. It's good to have you here tonight. And uh, just because we love you guys, is that okay? All right, come here. Sweet Karen, would you come help me, please? Tell us your name again Sarah. Sarah. Well, you're rightly named. God has named you Sarah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, reach your hands towards our sister. Lord, we bless Sarah tonight. Thank you, God. The Lord has brought you through some tremendous things inside your heart. Inside you is just a really a heart that's filled with gratitude. And the Lord has made you to be a worshipper, even an alabaster box breaking worshipper. I'm going to use you to bring forth and to break forth some new songs. I see God using you in songwriting uh, and, and, a, and a fresh expression of worship. Um, I see you specifically uh, in your—it's it, in your own space, in your home maybe, or in your apartment. I don't know what the case may be. And there's some things that you're desiring God to do. And the Lord is going to send some ambushments. I see some uh, strategies in the enemy not to be worried about those. He's got a strategy for all of us, and it just won't work. No weapon formed against you will prosper. It just won't work because you're going to set your affection on Him. He's going to hide you under the shadow of your wings, and you know all of that. In fact, you have a, real, you have a command of the Word. You have a real love for the Lord. Your testimony is your testimonies strong. And how God's touched you and set you on fire. And so I see the Lord bringing you into this place Even the secret place of your own home And you beginning to worship And as you worship It's going to be like Jehoshaphat uh, Went out and sent the worshipers out And the Lord sent ambushments all around And wiped out the enemy I'm going to do some marked things for you You've been believing, you've been praying You've been seeking, you've been knocking You've been asking It's not going to come necessarily through an intellectual scent. The battle that you're in is spiritual warfare And you know it and as the joy of the Lord overtakes you in worship, you're not even going to know what's going to happen. You're just going to get the news, the text, the breakthrough. You're going to get the call. You're going to get the email. It's going to come. And you're going to be like, man, how'd that happen? All I did was lose myself in worship. The Lord wants you to lose yourself in worship in the secret place. And through that is going to come a great release of a... Uh, there's some patterns He's going to give you. There's decisions you need to make about... About ministry and life And where you're going to go And what you're going to do And where you're going to live All of those things The Lord wants you just to let it go Just just let it go Let it go Let it go There's only one thing You need to be concerned about Girlfriend Just one thing Sarah Leave your father's house Your mother's house And go to a place Where he'll show you Where is it? He'll show you Sarah You don't need Abraham yet <laughs> Don't worry about Abram Abraham will become Abraham, but he ain't Abraham yet. So don't worry about it. I am your, I am your one. I am the one that's gonna hold you, keep you, lead you, guide you, provide for you. I'm the one that gives you joy in the night. And though weeping has endured for a night and you've seen some things and felt some loss and, and heard some pain and some tragedy, the Lord is covering over you and using you joy. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. And I'm going to lead you right to where you should be. You will not make a mistake if you stay in the place of intimacy and worship. Lift your hands, Sarah. You will not make a mistake. You won't make a mistake. Holy fire of God, come. Whoa. Amen. Don't tell her I spit all over her hair and stuff, right? I'm so sorry. Praise God. Bless them. Take someone by the hand tonight. Hallelujah Thank you Jesus Come on just lift your voice And thank you right out loud Thank you Lord Thank you God We bless you we Praise you Bless your people Cause your face to shine upon them Lift up your countenance swords and Be gracious to them Keep them And give us lots of fish In Jesus name Amen God bless you Don't miss Sunday morning Powerful speaker Mike Ware We love you God bless you Praise the Lord